We, we clap. We like to You clap. don't have to clap. We're just clapping. Yeah. It's just for the audio. It's... We just pep. We're pepping ourselves. This is for us. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> how annoying would that be if we just clapped ourselves in? That'd be so weird. All right, on three, one, two. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you guys are oh, this, crazy. This is going really well so far. All right, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding our tribe, a podcast about teaching and supporting each other in our common profession. With Fabian Hoffman, Jamie Halsey, and Scott Kazarian. Hey everybody, welcome to Finding Our Tribe, episode 13. We are on season two. We're so excited for you to be here today. Uh, you know, oftentimes we see ourselves on the pod as the the little people, the small people in a in a big people world. Uh, and Jamie, while she was at Q, ran into what we would consider to be one of the bigger people of, of a smaller people and uh, got a hug. And uh, I was even referencing, like, how, how does somebody, like, that's got so much going on just, like, recognize you and know you? And that's because, Jamie, you're awesome. And so, Jamie, introduce us to our guest today of who we got today. That's what I got. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. We have a wonderful <laughs> guest today. Uh, she was a culinary teacher up in Oregon and has since transitioned to um, an EdTech coach and then and now is a consultant for Canva. She wrote an amazing book called Make Learning Magical about gamification. Um, and her name is Tisha Richmond. I almost forgot. She also has a podcast called she Make is. Learning Magical to also. Uh, I think I got all the things. Guys. I don't know. We're so well, so before podcast, before you jumped on to show, we were saying like Oh, so Jamie, you were stalking her at a restaurant at Q. And she goes, no, no, no. She came up to me first and hugged me first. So it was clear that, that because we're like, Jamie, come on, don't fangirl like everybody you see at a restaurant. But she's, she's, I'm fangirling Jamie. I was wanting to find her all weekend or week, whatever, however long I was there. Um, so I was so excited when I ran into her in this restaurant because though it was a short amount of time, I got to give her a hug and say hi and I had been so excited that she's going to be there. So it was and mutual. Just, and you just got back from Bet. What is Bet again? So Bet, don't ask me what. Oh gosh, what does it stand for? I think it's the British Educational Technology Trade Show. Is All right. It? Oh, B E T T. Silent T. Got it. Totally quote me on it, but I think that's what it's for. <laughs> so it, it was the first time I'd ever been, but it's huge. Not really a conference. So I think like ISTE size but really um, focused on just educational technology tools. They have presentations and such, but a lot of them happen in like the expo hall and they have some like big rooms where some of the different uh, presentations take place. But I really didn't get to venture out as much um, as I would have liked to because I was getting to present in the Canva booth that was Mm. there. And then um, on the top of every hour, we had presentations. And then I did live demos the rest of the time and had a blast. Met so many amazing people from all around the world and getting to have conversations about education and Canva and 
oh my goodness, it was a great energy. And I was just so grateful to be a part of it. It was very, very cool. What's, what's a live demo look like? Do you have that like Justin Bieber mic on? Like when they're selling <laughs> knives at the trade show, they're like, okay, here's the next, like, that's what I'm picturing. What's a live demo look like? I actually did kind of have a Justin Bieber okay. mic on. I knew it was nice. In my mind, that's what was um, happening. If you see pictures of me and you wonder what the little like beige fuzzy thing is, yeah. I don't know. That was what it was. Yeah. Uh, so I did have that on for, for my presentations at the top of the hour, which were like 15, 20 minutes-ish. And then there were tables set up within the booth where there was probably like five or six different uh, laptops on there. And then Mm -hmm. people would come in the booth and we would just show them like, check out what you can do with Canva. And we would just, you know, um, based on what their needs were and what their familiarity with Canva was, we would just show them how to use Canva. That's so, right. but wait, there's know, more. If you sign up right now, you'll get a slicer <laughs> dicer, right? Like that's the right. well, Canva is 100% free for education. Right. So, yeah. like, it's pretty amazing. And right. actually, and that's, that's pretty recent, right? That they did that, or is um, it it's been a, lot, a couple? Well, Canva for education um, kind of started in a, about a year and a half ago. So Canva's yeah, been yeah. around for since 2013, yeah. but really mainly focused on professional business industries, and then um, started focusing um, a segment of their business on education about a year and a half ago, and so. Mm-hmm. When that happened, they, you know, promoted this as free for K-12 educators and students, everyone. And so what they're doing is onboarding entire districts. Um, Everybody has access to Canva, which is amazing because like when I was in the, in the classroom, I was using Canva, but my students were using the free version. And so now to think about all of the things that my students um, could have done in culinary Mm -hmm. education, um, you know, program, amazing, amazing things. So yeah, it was really cool. It's easy for me to talk and and share about Canva because I I love it and have loved it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like your personality works really great for that, right? Like jumping in and (laughs) yeah, you're definitely energetic and excited. Well, we're so glad you're here. Thanks so much. Who's, who's, who's asking questions today? Who's our interviewer? I I am. Oh, okay. All right. That's all right. I don't know. Nope. I don't Um, want to ask any questions. Yeah. Remember when we put her on the spot, she was like, no, thank you. I don't want to. (laughs) Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, let's, let's start with our, our introductory question because you, you got to imagine this is kind of like a, um, you're applying for a job here (laughs) and you, we have these really hard hitting questions. Um, and we're going to decide at some point whether you're a part of the team. That's how Jamie came on board. And we asked her those questions and then she kind of snuck on to our show and just kept coming back and she was like stalking us which is kind of i, I see a pattern here actually yeah she just did that with you get a job in the netherlands and then bring us with you she yeah. literally yeah. did that She's to very us. good at this wow Jamie. So, yeah so um our first question is like how did you get started what's your origin story why do you do the things that you do or you end up doing yeah how long did you teach for all how that far back do you want me to go do you want teaching, to go like, all the way teaching, teaching. origin no. you, it's teaching. like not origin story yeah, like when you became a superhero teacher, that's essentially... Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know about the superhero part, but I have been in education for about 26 years. And for a majority of those years, I was a career in technical education, family and consumer science teacher. So I taught uh, culinary arts mainly, but I also had some interior design mixed into those mm-hmm. um, years of education. And, um, and then it was about four years ago that I moved into a district role. And so I moved in uh, to the role as in my district as a tech integration specialist. So supporting 20 different schools within 
our district in just helping teachers bring in innovative ideas, um, bringing in technology, helping them amplify learning and make learning magical. And uh, pandemic hit and that still remained my focus, but I moved into also a role as a Canvas um, coordinator. So I helped roll out our Canvas learning management system. And then this year, um, I moved into a student engagement and professional development specialist role, which still brings in a lot of the tech integration pieces, but I also help uh, plan professional development for our district and also try to um, increase student engagement. And so I wear a lot of hats, but still support the 20 schools. And then on this, on the side, I do the Canva learning consultants. So I yeah. still working full-time in the district, but doing Canva learning uh, consulting as well, just because it's fun and I love it. Do you get to pick your own titles for your jobs, like student engagement coordinator? <laughs> like that's, it sounds like you're making up your own job titles, which is really rad, but did you create those yourself? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like this, this role, um, I did kind of help craft and because my role was shifting a little bit and I wanted um, to, it's kind of a perception shift too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you are a tech integration specialist, uh, some people feel like you only can do tech stuff yeah. or you only, or you're going to be the how-to tech person. You're like really good with iPads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so I, 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 I love to do so much more. I love technology. I, I love what we can do with technology in the classroom and how it empowers students. But there's a lot more that I love about education too um, that I think is really important. And so I, uh, yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been doing like a lesson makeover kind of a thing in your district, right? So how does that work? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we, I'm, I'm sure like a lot of, districts um, after the last wild and crazy couple years that we've had, uh, teachers are just really tired, right? Like just really um, zapped and feeling uh, just maybe losing, like losing a little bit of that joy that they once had for education. Mm -hmm. And that is very near and dear to my heart because that's my story. Like yeah. that, if you really want to know like the origin story of how like I really became super passionate as an educator. It started in 2014 when I was ready to leave. I was ready to leave education and these iPads came into my class. I didn't know what to do with them. I got professional development and went to my first ever ed tech conference and saw like, oh, there's all of these amazing things that we can do yeah. with technology that I never had thought of. And then I went to another conference. I met Michael Matera and it just like, so many things, right? Over the course of the last however many years that is, I can't do the math since 2014. <laughs> and just wow. so many amazing, uh, just it's just been an amazing journey. And I'm so grateful for the journey because I am more passionate about education than I've ever been. But I want other educators to feel that transform, have that transformational um, thing happen to them as well. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to think of a way that I could really celebrate teachers and help spark joy uh, for teaching and learning in our district. And so being uh, being kind of the gamified, whatever. You only wrote I, a book about it, it's fine. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and loving reality television, like that, has, that was in my classroom, like really the inspiration for all of my 
gamified plans was reality television. And so I was thinking about it and I was thinking about the show Extreme Makeover Home Edition Mm -hmm. and how in that show, they basically surprise a well-deserving family with this home makeover of their dreams that are going to meet all of the needs that their family has. Like designers are taking that into account and and designing this home that meets all of those needs and really celebrating this family because they're amazing and they're deserving of it. And so I wanted that kind of a feeling. Um, and I wanted to do something similar in our district where we not we don't make over homes, but we make over lessons. And so we have basically um, opened up this, this nomination period where we had an application and teachers could nominate themselves. They could, they could nominate another a teacher that was deserving. And then we have uh, this design team and it's five of us. And we look at the nominations and we selected two people that we wanted to have be the first, um, I don't know, con- not recipients. Recipients, there you recipients. go. <laughs> good, yeah. And so we went to their, so, and again, like we want to celebrate and make this an exciting thing. Not like you need to have a lesson makeover, but That's, you, you won it. Yeah. We were all thinking it. We were all thinking yeah. it. Like, so, do we just so, pick the yeah. person who really, really I, needs it? You you shared this at Q, right? You shared this at the Q boom. I did. It was yeah. my boom. It was my yeah. boom. Yeah. And, and I was gonna, I was, I wanted to ask you like how, how that is received because to me it feels like I'm very protective of like, my classes and my lesson designs, right? Unless I ask somebody for help. Mm-hmm. So um, do you, f- and I never ask Scott because it's not going to lead anywhere, but. Um, <laughs> it's unnecessary. <laughs> no, I just had to put that out there. Thank you. No, um, <laughs> but I was wondering like how, how that is received by by people when, when they get nominated. Like if, if I went to you and said, hey, can you look at this and can you make this better? And then it's, I think it's different than when somebody says, hey, I know this teacher and uh whatever and and you should look at this so yeah. i that, that can be like a fine line let her, let her answer exactly <laughs> no it definitely can be a fine line and we to be honest we didn't get a ton of nominations the first time yeah. and so we knew and we we sat down and we talked about the people that we were going to select we knew that they would they were wanting this like these were people that that some of the instructional team had already worked with a little bit and they knew that they would be just really um, open-minded and really excited about this mm-hmm. opportunity, and um, and but yeah, it is it is sticky and it, and we weren't really sure what was going to happen. And we are thinking from here on out because we're going to do this again next year. Is that we might have the person that's selected will then like the people that we selected this spring will then nominate the next the next mm. people that they. Then mm-hmm. it's kind of like instead of just opening up nominations it'll be kind of like this passing of the baton, like the person selected will pick the next people and we'll see how that goes. But yeah. it is hard. And I think, um, and and being the first time you do anything, people were like, what are you talking? What mm-hmm. is this? What's Extreme Makeover? Yeah. And we did the full like promo video. We posted it like on all of the different communications within our district. Um, but it's been actually a really fun process. And once we, we, once we um, selected the two people that we were gonna have do this, we went to their classroom, we came with balloons and this huge banner that I made on Canva. And we, <laughs> we had our, our print shop in our district printed out and we surprised them. And it was so like the students were cheering and super excited. 
And then we had this dream session with them. Mm -hmm. And the dream session was amazing because the dream session, basically uh, the design team sat down and we went through this, um, what I call the engagement compass. And it was based on uh, a compass called the Innovators Compass that Tara Martin and Ella Ben-Hur had kind of created to spark innovation. And so in the very center of this compass, it's what brings you joy as a teacher. We ask that, that question first. Mm -hmm. And then we go into asking them, what is their current classroom reality? So what does it sound, look and feel like? And then we go into, um, how do you know when students are engaged and connected to learning? And then what are your roadblocks? What steals your joy? And then if you were to like dream of your dream classroom, like what would that look, sound and feel like? And we gave them a couple minutes to go through each one. And it was a really, really powerful conversation, really, truly getting at the heart of what these teachers needed and um, what we could do to help spark joy in their classroom and, and help them create this, this dream um, classroom environment. And so that was really the, what, what we used, that, that conversation with the teachers, what we used to really help determine what lesson that we were going to make over and what we were how we were going to do it. Yeah. And uh, we're in the midst of the process right now. We're almost, um, we're finalizing our lessons and we're going to present them to the teachers um, in the next week. And uh, then we're going to actually facilitate the lesson with the teacher in the classroom. Not all of us, but one or two of us will go in the classroom and help facilitate it. And then we'll, then we'll be able to kind of reflect with them and, and talk about what, how, the teacher can then do this for other lessons too. Yeah. Like what how we want to like continue this, not just a one and done thing, but how and we how, can help. Yeah. How neat would that be to have teachers actually, you know, kind of move from doing that one time, like with you guys as a group and then maybe as a grade level or as a team or as an individual, like taking that compass and kind of re, re able to remake your own lesson and try to find joy that way too. What a cool idea. Yeah, it's really, it's been fun. It's been really inspired. It's been a really just, um, I don't know, like rejuvenating process for me to be a part of. And then to have this collaboration with the, with this, the coaches, we have this amazing, amazing team that's working together and all with different strengths and skill sets. And um, it's been powerful, really, really powerful. Okay, so I have a question. So I'm a new teacher. And typically what I've found is most teachers' responses are, I like things the way they've always been done. Don't change anything. Leave me alone. Uh, so just not not with the home makeover part, but just like being like uh, somebody who's now transitioned from students to dealing with annoying adults. Like how much of a challenge is that in your job to then, because overall you're probably really trying to bring people into PDs and train them on how to be student engagers, but they're probably like, eh, leave me alone. I think it is a challenge and I, and, you know, again, I, I reflect on my own experience because back in 2014, when I was a burnout teacher, I had things dialed in. Like I, I had a very dialed in routine. My students, like, I thought I had it all figured out mm -hmm. and, but I had no joy. I had no joy in teaching and learning and I was wanting to leave. And so when I started shaking up, shaking it up, trying new things, um, kind of dismantling what I'd always done and kind of building it back up again, that is when I just, I found joy. And so I um, find that if I can just get in there somehow, so I, for instance, Breakout EDU, I think is a great opportunity to get into a classroom and facilitate an experience 
and have them see what happens when students are empowered and yeah. when the curious learners and when they're having fun and when they're collaborating and all of those amazing magical things that happen. Um, they see that and they're like, oh, wow, like these students are really thinking hard and they're learning a lot, but they're having fun doing it. And I've never seen my students more engaged and empowered. And so that opens the door to then be able to introduce other things yeah. because they see that, that they see that shift in the way that their students are responding in the classroom. And I think uh, what, what, what we encountered, Jamie, right, when, when we were presenting, uh, one of the things that people shy away from when it comes to gamification, like the amount of work mm -hmm. that, that comes with it, right? And so that was one of the questions that somebody asked. But I think when you go in and you show them, hey, this is what I do. This is how you can change it. Here are the things that I do. And you do a little bit for them already. It's kind of like this, um, this motivation piece that that is going to grab them they're like oh actually it's not, I've, i got a base set already yeah. done for me and now i just have to build on that and i think that's a really cool cool idea and it's a big step that somebody might shy away from absolutely i think that's a huge piece of it and i think that once you see your students again um just being they're, they're just they're interacting differently in the classroom and mm -hmm. when you see that empowering learning happening then it's you just want to do more of it like whatever's happening right now i need to do more of this because i see such a big difference in how my students are responding and how they're engaged in the learning and it's motivating for you as the teacher because i and that's how it was for me like when i remember when i first gamified my classroom and i had just gamified a unit in a singleton class it wasn't perfect like there was a lot of flaws in that first um that first thing that I did, but I saw that something different was happening and I knew that I was onto something like, okay, this isn't perfect, but I see what I need to do to shift it to then make it better the next time. And, and once I, um, and then it just got better and better, right? Like you don't have to have it all figured out, like yeah. just have that base to start with and then, and have your, your students will let you know too, like the things that need to be shifted. They, my students gave me the best ideas all of the time, the best ideas for chance cards, the best ideas for just various items and challenges. Many of them came from my students because they were invested in the game. They wanted yeah. it cool. I do chance cards too. That's so exciting. I love it. <laughs> I even printed I a Mario cube with the question mark to put my chance cards in. So they have to grab them out okay. of a Mario cube. I was actually listening to your episode on the uh, scratch off. Oh yeah, scratch -off. that's going really oh, well. Yeah. I'm surprised at how well it's going. It's not a huge failure, which sometimes and he can it do is. it for about 18 years because he's got so many left. Yeah, because <laughs> I've got three billion chance cards because I overestimated how many to print. Yeah. That is a thing, though. Like I always would struggle with how many to make two, yeah. and I would always laminate. I know there's the laminating question. Right. I yeah. always laminated mine, and then I would scratch them. You know, like oh, you had scratchers too. Yeah. Oh, get out yeah. of town. Look, I yeah. had no idea. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I would scratch them like with a credit card or something like all the way off and then reuse them. Again yeah. Scratch That's what I'm doing. Ah, it's fantastic. Yeah. The hardest part is they don't scratch them all themselves. And then if you don't, they you seal in the old. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. I did have Another a kid peel off the entire scratcher. Off. Like they found yes. the back film and peeled the whole thing off. <laughs> Yep, that has happened too. Yeah. Look yeah. at us bonding as, you know, professionals. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, Fabian, what's next? Yeah, um, I don't, 
I mean, you you already answered a lot of questions about what's going well right now, and I think um, one of the things that I, I would like you to talk about is um, like your 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 connection to Canva. Like, how did this come to be, and and how did you become like a, a representative, essentially a consultant? For Canva and what does your role look like there? Yeah, or maybe like, are uh, you feeling fulfilled by it? Like what makes it exciting, right? Yeah, I've loved Canva for a really long time. So it was back, I probably 2014, 15, when I started using it to, I actually, when I was co-moderating XP Lab with Michael Matera, we were using Canva for our graphics, for our, um, you know, tweeting out the questions and things. And that was my first introduction to um, Canva then, and then I just started using it for anything I was creating in the classroom, mm -hmm. I would use Canva to create it. And then my students in all of um, my gamified um, plans, my students would do a lot of logo designs. They would make, they would create their recipes in Canva. They would create menus in Canva. Um, so a lot of the things that they were creating um, within my class they were creating in, in Canva because it was just the one that they gravitated to because they, yeah. they liked it and liked how intuitive it was. And so did I. And so there's just, and over time, Canva has just continued to improve their platform. It just keeps getting better and better. They started adding videos and just started adding yeah. all of these additional things. And so I, it got to the point where I was just using it every, I mean, I've been using it every day for a long time where, wow. you know, you have your Google up, you know, you have your Google drive up and you have, I have Canva up. Like, it's just something that is always, that I'm always creating in. And so when I found out, uh, I was, I think March or April, maybe May, I don't know, sometime last year that Canva was onboarding an entire district um, so that everybody could utilize Canva for education for free. Mm -hmm. I was like, sign me up. Like, I want to, I want to help our district do this. And so I was, I got connected with um, Jason Wilmot from the um, head of Canva for EDU. And he got us like connected and, and helped figure out how we could do the onboarding thing. And um, so then that was kind of my connection with them. And then I learned that they were going to be hiring these consultants and I was just really interested because I knew that I was still really enjoying my district work and didn't want to necessarily leave the district but at the same time I thought it would be really cool to help support districts that were onboarding Canva and just helping them with the training and so that's basically what I do as a consultant is Canva will onboard a district and then they connect them with me and then I provide the training for that district. And so um, right now I'm, I'm doing about 10 hours a week for Canva um, leading trainings and webinars for districts on um, how to use, how to use Canva for education. And so it's, it's just a great fit because I mean, for me, when I'm excited about something, like it's super easy for me to talk about it. Yeah. And so yeah. It's just one of those tools that I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, it doesn't matter what grade you teach, what subject area, um, Canva can be used in multiple ways for students to demonstrate their learning and, and just have the opportunity to be so creative within Canva, which I think is one of the things that I love so much is um, I love when students can create and it just yeah. creates a, a great opportunity for students to do it in, in a really intuitive way. Is it a lot of virtual? Do you Zoom? I mean, is it a lot of Zoom training or do you go to places? Yeah. yeah. Right now it's all Zoom. Yeah. yeah. That probably makes it way easier for you. Well, yeah, harder, but easier, right? Yeah. It does. Yeah. I love in-person training, but it does make it 
easier for me to be able to, to do it. Having to travel and, and work full time would be hard. Yeah. I did go to a training recently that had a DJ with them. It was like DJ something playing music. It's like, oh, take it away. Do you have a DJ? I would love yeah. that. <laughs> when I want to be my have DJ? A DJ? I think Scott very, just signed himself up to be your it DJ. It was very surprising <laughs> and a little corny at first, but then you went, oh, that's kind of a good idea. During like the on your own times, there's somebody, wicka, wicka. Wick, wick. Make, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, how, that's how you can contribute to our session. Scott. Well, <laughs> okay. you'll, you'll be our traveling Can I be the DJ. virtual DJ? That would be awesome. You could just set yeah, me up as be... a computer. That's and how we do head. it. Okay. Done. Just like an iPad <laughs> with your face. <laughs> I think she was just trying to show that you could be creative. I don't even, I think it was Universal Design for Learning. So, UDI, yeah. I think she was just trying to show like engagement at a yeah. high level for lots of people. And I don't know, it's creative. I thought it was interesting. I, don't know. <laughs> I digress. Uh, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> Maybe. All right. So, <laughs> and so, our, for our final question of our like uh, really highly thought out, um, questions that we uh, came vetted, up with years ago. Very vetted question, Jess. Yep. Um, is like, if you had a time machine and you could travel back in time to the beginning of your career, what kind of um, advice would you give yourself as a first-year teacher? Yeah. Um, I would just tell myself to have a lot more fun and to laugh. Uh, I remember actually a moment when I, I think it was my first, I think it was my first year teaching. It could have been when I was student teaching, but I'm pretty sure it was my first year teaching because I I taught, I started teaching at the same school that I student taught at. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in a classroom and being so stressed because, you know, culinary arts is very hands-on, everybody's moving. It's not no one sitting, you know, quietly in desks. And I was so anxious about that learning environment. My students had knives and all of these things. And as a first year teacher, <laughs> as my observing teacher, like what I remember the teacher, that was head of that department was was in the classroom watching me and I just remember being so uptight and so like with my grimace on my face and I remember her coming up to me and she says Tisha smile it's okay you can have fun <laughs> and I re I will never forget that I'll never forget exactly where I was standing when she said it and I think it still took me a long time <laughs> to get to the point where I was yeah. having fun because I was I was overwhelmed, right? But I mean, we need to have fun teaching because when we have fun teaching our students, they catch that, right? And yeah. they have fun learning too. And so I, yes, I would incorporate a lot more fun, a lot more laughter from my early years of teaching for sure. Ah, so good. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. Don't forget I, to smile. It speaks to me for sure, but I'm sure it speaks to a lot of our tribe. All right, Jamie, you want to take us home with our last question? Uh, no. no. What, what game are you playing with? Oh, that one. Yeah, come on. Okay. So, Tisha, what game? Very professional. <laughs> I know. Just yeah, well you didn't say anything about this one. Okay. I know. Um, that was just, that was just that for out. fun to put you on the spot. I know. Really I know. This fun. is how they roll. Um, so, Tisha, um, we like to end our podcast uh, by asking what game we are currently playing, whether with our students or our staff or at home. Um, what are you playing right now? Well, I do play Wordle every morning religiously. Like okay. it's just a thing. Me so too. I do I do love playing that. I am gonna start playing Latera. Yes. Latera. Uh, Delft Netherlands uh, thrift store. So I have to translate 
the directions first. But that is going to be on my game list. Okay, so the quick backstory to that is she was in the Netherlands at a thrift store and found a bunch of games, and she found one called Latera, but we don't know how to play it or what the instructions say. Because <laughs> you guys won't see the video, so you won't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and it was the only game that would fit in my yeah. suitcase yeah. because the whole stack of board games that I wanted to bring home, but I had to make the decision not to buy the additional suitcase and bring them all home yeah. with me. I just had to find the one that I could slip in. So anyway, that is one. And then I actually, um, I love going, I don't, did you guys go to the Goodwill or the- All yes. the time, every once in a while, yeah. This was my most recent one. It's Unlock. Okay. Oh. $1.99 from Goodwill, look at that. By Escape Rooms. So oh, wow. I, I love, I know. So I, this is one that I have on my desk that I want to look at and I, as always, always buy a game and then try to figure out how I can bring it into learning. And so that is going to be my, my next one that I look at. But I have to um, say that I miss my daughter tremendously. She moved to New York um, this past year. My son did too, but my daughter is my game buddy. Aww. And she always plays out all the games with me. And so I miss her. And I was just thinking recently, like, I need to have, I need to start up a game night. Um, mm -hmm. in my area because I need people to play games with because I'm missing, <laughs> missing it. My husband will play, but he doesn't love it as much as I do. So. It's kind yeah, of well, you could call you it research. A... It's research, yeah. right? It's like, come, help me research this game. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of impressive you had the game ready next yeah. to the computer, ready to, like, show <laughs> us on the fly. Because you didn't know that question was coming, and then it was just there. That's pretty no. awesome. <laughs> was just yeah, right here it's, yeah, we didn't even plan that you know i i find myself so there, it's called savers out here the thrift store and i find myself the only adult in that game section like pulling out every game and looking at it and trying to find the right ones for a dollar 99 such gems i found one recently that was um it was called password and it was you know the tv show like back i don't know mm, like yeah I, yeah I used Do to watch it. game shows like when I was homesick from school and they yeah. had all the game shows on television. Yeah. There was one called Password. And so I found a game at the thrift store that had not, the seal had never been opened. Oh, wow. wow. One of those where like you have to turn it upside down and you have to like take a knife and like cut out, you know, yeah. the edges. It was like one of those. And, um, and so anyway, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a score, a vintage game. It was like, I don't know, like early 80s. Um, and never been used. So. Did they charge wow. you more because it was sealed? That's what they no, do. No, it was like a dollar. I mean, it was like a dollar ninety nine. It was not. Mine expensive. go up to like four ninety nine when they're sealed, no matter oh, what the game okay. is. Yeah, okay. that's. that's <laughs> I might. I might need a better thrift store. Hawaii inflation, I, mean, I think. I know. Yeah, it's it's a Hawaii tax that gets added onto that. That's really funny. Oh, well, awesome, cool. Tisha. We're so glad that you were with us today. Thanks for sharing. I imagine a lot of the tribe listening was inspired and motivated. Uh, I mean, the idea of just like the pep talk is laugh, <laughs> smile, yeah. enjoy. I know that speaks to me a lot too. We're really glad that you're on the tribe. Tribe, uh, please share on social media. Find us at findingourtribe.net. And um, yeah, you know the drill. So we will see you next time on Finding Our Tribe. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much.